Welcome to Random Bible Thoughts with us, Moment in the Word. Today's Moment in the Word, we're going to continue in John. And I've been out a couple days and and uh, doing my Moment in the Word. We're going to continue in John, John 3, chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. And I have some notes here. So I've taken a little bit more time to do this. Then I have another moment in the words. Some of them been just uh, right off the cuff. This was a little bit more uh, in depth here, uh, just because there's so much, so much to say, so much to share. Uh, so I just want to make sure I get everything out of it I can, and without being too terribly long. Of course, when I ramble like I do, like I currently am, you know. Makes these things a little long. A moment of word was supposed to be like 10, 15 minutes. Well, I get 20, 30 minutes sometimes. And, well, I guess that's okay. It's a moment of word or time in the word. Maybe I should change it to time in the word. What do you think about that? If anybody is, whoever's watching this, if you think time in the word is better than moment of word, I'll change it. Anyways, let's get into the scriptures here. In John chapter 3, 1 through 15. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit the spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you know not where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel? And yet you do not understand these things. Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. I have told you earthly things and you do not believe. How can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And Moses lifted up a serpent in the wilderness so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. May have eternal life. All right. One of the first things I notice, I uh, I like to look at words. What do they mean? Names. What do they mean? When I was looking up the name Nicodemus, here's what it comes out to be. <laughs> I thought, hey, this is kind of interesting. Uh, you have Conan the uh, Conqueror or Conan the Barbarian, Conqueror or whatever, 
Nicodemus means conqueror. Means conqueror. He was a member of the Sanhedrin. Alright? He was a ruler of the Jews. He was one of the um, keepers of the law is what I'm thinking, but I think it's the law keeper. Eh, one way or the other, it's still the same thing. He, he was the one that, you know, tried to keep people on track. Now, you can remember the Pharisees. They've been kind of heavy-handed. You know, before Paul's conversion, before Paul's conversion, he was a Pharisee, a Pharisee of all Pharisees. He persecuted the church when it was called the way. He stood over the, the stoning of Stephen and approved of it. Pharisees were pretty heavy-handed. There was something about Nicodemus, though. Something was touching him to make a change in his life and you see that even more further on when Nicodemus is talked about again but we're probably not going to get into that okay he wrote this this man came to Jesus by night and said to him Rabbi came to by by night now this is out of um oh who was I looking at Webster not Webster, um, Wearsby. Wearsby's commentary. And it said, Came at night may be symbolic of an unsaved man. He is in the dark spiritually. Yeah, Wearsby's expository outline of the New Testament. Came to him at night. Uh, symbolic of an unsaved man. Man in the dark. Uh, there's other thoughts that he came at night because... He didn't want anybody to know he was coming to Jesus to talk to him. I don't know. I don't know if there's real importance in that, but I just thought it was kind of interesting. Rabbi means teacher. Uh, by calling him teacher, he is showing respect. Because we know from scripture that Jesus did not have any formal teaching, uh, formal education in the word of God. He didn't need it. He was God. He is God. So he really didn't need it. But it was just that get, calling him teacher was just a sign of respect. Now I found this interesting that he says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher. Come from God. For no one can do this, these signs that you do unless God is with him. Come from God. Now, he didn't say, um, you were led here by God, or anything of that sort that would mean, you know, you were inspired to go there, but that you came from God. To me, that sounds like he's admitting that Jesus is God because you came from God. Well, that's my thought. It's an opinion. It's not an opinion I'm going to go to the grave for, that's for sure. You know, I, you know, if you've been watching my videos, you know I have a lot of opinions. And that's all they are, is opinion, speculation. Not something, it's not a salvation issue, so it's just my opinion. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you are born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 
truly, truly, translated from the Greek for amen. Also translated verily, verily. When, when Jesus introduces the statement with truly, truly, he's calling attention to the importance of that statement. He's calling attention to the importance of, you know, anytime something's repeated in scripture like that, you need to listen up. You need to hear what's being said here. Truly, truly, or verily, verily, it could be amen and amen. And there are other definitions of it too. They all, they're all basically the same thing. Listen up. This is important. I say to you, unless you are born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he truly, uh, no, wait, 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 sorry. Can he enter a second time in his mother's womb and be born? See, do I have anything about that? Oh, here we go. Born again. This is probably referring to Ezekiel and there are other scriptures that talk about being born again and also uh, maybe a better interpretation than born again because it could also be born uh, from above so that might be a better thing and I got some other scriptures to read in 1st John about that but Ezekiel 36 and just in case you're wondering, I do use the English Standard Version, the ESV. Oh, I did have a marker in there. Okay. Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27. I will sprinkle clean water on you. You shall be clean from all your uncleanliness and from your idols. I will cleanse you and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. <coughs> Excuse me. I will put it within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Now, there are many times in Scripture. Well, before I get into that, let me read these First uh, John verses. Uh, talk about being... From born from above, or born again. First John two twenty nine. John two twenty nine. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Born of him. Three. Nine. Yes, three chapter first John chapter three verse nine. But then you need to change the page. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. Chapter four, first John chapter four, verse seven. Beloved. Let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. 5 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been 
born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. Four. Verse four. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is that to overcome the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? And verse 18 in that same chapter. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. So here we have being born again. Being born again is being born of God, or born from above. You've been, if you're a child of God, you're good. It says there, Satan can't touch you. Now he can try and influence you, but he can't possess you. He can oppress you. Now, he knows, not that he can read your mind, but from your previous actions, he can manipulate things I guess that's how one way to put it to get you to do what you don't want to do now what was that um, I think the I think it's in Romans the do do versus I do what I do not want to do what I do what I do I do I do I do <laughs> no I'm not drunk uh, no but the, the the verse that says I don't want to do what I do. What? Anyways, it's just a bunch of. I do what I do not want to do. I do not do what I should do. Da 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 da. Back and forth all the time. But anyways, you know, you're born of God, born from above. Oh, and here's that that a question here. Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time in his mother's wombs? And he asked this, this other question too, I believe. Jesus answered, truly, truly, again, listen up. I say to you, unless you are born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. John Marwell, what I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. You hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said, how can these things be? Well, the, the first question he asked, how can a man be born again? I can't climb back into my mother's womb. It was a rhetorical question. You can't be. <laughs> you can't be. Water and Spirit. There are various thoughts on this water and spirit. The spirit is pretty clear. The water is what confuses people. Born of water. Okay. Then, like I was, I think I mentioned a little bit earlier when I read Ezekiel. Um, a lot of times the spirit is identified in a process of like pouring out water. So there's that one thought there that the water just refers basically to the giving of the spirit pouring out of the spirit um, another thought which isn't I would disagree with also is that 
It's talking about baptism. If you're baptized and born in the Spirit, then you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, that makes baptism a works thing. And baptism is not that. Baptism is just a um, confession to a public confession that you are one with Christ. Being baptized symbolizes by immersion, being fully immersed, being your old self dead and raised anew. It has nothing to do with salvation as far as taking away your sins. Uh, you baptize an infant, it doesn't take away what's called original sin. It's just getting them wet. And baptism doesn't come until after repentance. Uh, some people use the verse, repent and be baptized for forgiveness of sins. Say, well, see, you have to be baptized to have forgiveness of sins. Well, you go to a doctor and you say, doctor, I got a headache. And he says, for a headache, take two aspirin. Well, is he saying, take two aspirin to get the headache? No. You're not saying being baptized to get forgiveness of sins either. He's saying, take two aspirin because of the headache. And you're baptized because of forgiveness of sins. When you repent, you're baptized sins are, and your sins are forgiven when you repent. The verse I like to use to counter that one verse is, okay, leaving my thought on where it's at, but I do know what the verse is. Repent, be baptized for forgiveness of sins. Repent not, and there is no forgiveness. So without baptism, well, I mean, without repentance, there is no forgiveness. The water just gets you wet. The water is, like I said, it's a symbol being death with Christ, buried, completely covered in mercy, and resurrected. The problem I have with sprinkling, unless there's absolutely no water to really do a full baptism type thing, then I don't have a problem with sprinkling. Again, it's just symbolic. It's just pu a public confession that you are with Christ. But if there's plenty of water, I know, I don't, sprinkling is just not my thing. It's not something I agree with as the proper means of baptism. But again, now, baptism is not a salvific issue. You're not saved through baptism. So, that one that thought that it's baptism, the water represents baptism, and then the spirit is obviously the spirit, then you're saved. I'm going to disagree with that too. Another thought is that the water is the oh, embryonic, embryonic fluid within the, within the womb. You're born of water, born of the Spirit. You'll see the kingdom of heaven. That one, to me, sounds about the best explanation. Um, there's just there's so much out there. You can read all kinds of different people, different opinions. It's my opinion that it probably represents a actual physical birth. Sorry, my nose is just tonight. Actual physical, actual physical birth, then a spiritual birth, spiritual resurrection. Born of flesh, born of spirit. 
Let's go to Colossians 3.10. The born of flesh is... Oh, here, let me just read it. Uh, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said these things, that you must be born again. Wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Okay, let's go to Colossians. I should have bookmarked it. Uh, for some reason, I have an issue finding Colossians. It's because I don't have my books memorized like I should. I used to at one time, but I don't now. Colossians 3. Oh, what was that? 3, 9 through 10. Okay, now, stupid mustache here. So that's what it is. Um, Colossians 3, 9 and 10. Okay, now the, the note I have is born of flesh is the old nature. Born of spirit is the new nature. Homemade Coke or cola, whatever you might want to call it. Okay, now I'm going to start at 9. It says, Do not lie to one another. See that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Now, there's some translations that will just um, translate this new self and old self as new nature, old nature. The old nature is the flesh. Put off the old nature, or that's flesh is flesh. But born of the Spirit, the new nature, when you come to Christ, you're born again. You get a new nature that is being created into the image of its creator, which is Jesus. Okay? Clear? More confused? Or wasn't confused until now? <laughs> but it. Flesh is the natural man, man, spirit, spirit. Go back to John. Huh. Okay, John, let's finish out John here. Oh, okay, here. There's a little more yet. Uh, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from, where it goes. So it isn't everyone who's born of the Spirit. Well, a commentary I read talked about, um, you know, you hear the wind, you see the wind, you don't necessarily understand the wind. It's that way with the Spirit. You don't have to fully understand the Spirit to receive the Spirit or how the Holy Spirit operates within you. He makes his dwelling in you. Dwelling means to make a residence. He lives within you. And he's God, so he can live in everybody that accepts uh, Jesus as the Lord and Savior. So you don't have to totally understand the Spirit to receive the Spirit.
hair or something. Anyways. Okay. Truly, truly, uh, like you said, after are you a teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? Nicodemus should have understood. He should have had a general idea. Oh, well, going back to the baptism thing, um, more than likely, Nicodemus didn't know what Christian baptism was. You know, the church is still pretty young yet. I mean, just started. I mean, Jesus is still here. So, therefore, he hasn't even, he hasn't been uh, crucified or resurrected yet. So Christian baptism would have been a new thing, and more likely Nicodemus may not have under known what baptism was. Christian baptism. So therefore, to say it's Christian baptism and spirit would be why would Nicodemus understand that? He wouldn't. Nicodemus should have understood what Jesus was talking about, though. And I wish I wrote a, wrote, a, wrote a verse or two down about it, but I didn't. But there's scripture, well, I did. You know, I read Ezekiel there. Talks about getting a new heart and my, putting my spirit within you, etc. That's basically, that's what Christ was basically talking about. But Nicodemus didn't understand that for whatever reason. He's a, a teacher of the law. He's a... Um, I can't think of the name of it now. He's a keeper of the law. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. We're going to finish this up here. I'm getting a little long again. Just say, I say to you, we speak to you what we bear witness, we have seen, but you do not receive my our testimony. I have told you earthly things, you do not believe. How can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except that he who descended from heaven to the, the Son of Man. That's Christ coming from heaven to earth. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Now let's see what this says about the serpent. <laughs> that Moses lifted up. There's an interesting thing in here. It's Moses never nailed the serpent to the rod that he lifted the serpent up on. And from what I understand, the reason for that was be, that be like passing judgment, crucifixion, if you will. Oh, here it is. Yes. This is in Numbers 21, verse 4 through 9. From Mount Hor, <laughs> they set out by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. They spoke against God and against Moses probably not a very good thing to do. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no food, no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents 
among the people, and they bit the people, so that many people of Israel died. And people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. Interesting. You know, we know as, as Bible-believing Christians that we could take our prayer requests, our needs, our wants, our desires, whatever they are, directly to God. We don't need somebody to inter intercede for us in that fashion. Um, you know, we pray to Christ. Christ is our our inner inner. He intercedes for us. He's our mediator. But they go to Moses and say, "Will you pray to God?" You know, almost like saying, "He won't listen to us. Will you do it or whatever?" You know, we don't have enough faith. To pray to God, we don't know what to say. We're the ones that sin, etc., so on and so forth. So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said to Moses, <coughs> "Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten, now listen, gotta listen to this closely. Everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live." So Moses made a bronze serpent. And set it on a pole, and he set it on the pole. He didn't nail it to the pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. So all they had to do was just turn their eyes to the serpent that Moses had on a pole, and they'd live. Well, let's go back to John here. And what does John say? John says that Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. If you believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you will have eternal life. I don't know what else I could say. I guess the Nicodemus came to Christ at night. I think probably in secrecy. There's some word playing here using singular and plural.、Um, you need to have Christ in your life, no matter what you're going through. You want true peace. You want true rest. Jesus Christ is the best. <laughs> hey, if you like my videos and they've been helpful to you in some way, please leave me a comment. In my YouTube, it's Random Bible Thoughts with Russ, and on my blog, it's Random Bible Thoughts with Russ, and not my blog, my podcast. Excuse me. My blog is. Russ-blogspot.com. No, Russ-biblethought.blogspot.com. If you'd like to email me, melchizedekleichrist@gmail.com. Please leave me a comment, a like.、Um, I'd like to be able to get potential sponsors.
I know I'm not really professional. I mean, look at what's around me. But I need, I think it's a thousand followers to be able to get sponsorship. Will you please tell your friends? Subscribe. Comment. And if you think I should change this to a time in the word from moment in the word because it's so long, we're already at 32 minutes now. Let me know. May you have a wonderful evening. I hope you voted today. God bless.